In this week's episode, we will talk about a criminal mastermind or a crime idiot as we deep dive into a twisted and sickening life of Israel Keys, planning out murders years in advance and using his army and backwoods skills to kill. Join us on this week's episode of True Crime Edition of Clapped by Fire. The Apocalypse. Hello, I'm Kai Maxwell. I'm your host. Our co-host is uh, John Peterson and Sean Eames. How's it going, guys? Doing good, brother. How are you? Doing awesome. What about you, John? What's up? Uh, just living the dream. Nice. So I need to clear up some things from last week's episode real fast. It's not Maddie Hall. It's Megan Hall. Maddie. Megan. I don't know why I, when I put it in my notes, I put the wrong name down, but it's Megan. And if anything, I'm only helping her out based on all the attention she's getting right now. <laughs> it's ruthless out there, bro. Like TikTok is just flooded with this stuff. If you look up uh, the t- that, that, that town's police department, everyone's posting pictures on their Google reviews of trains. There's a... <laughs> There's a lot of brutal stuff going on right now. Something else, too. Just a little update on that. Um, So after the investigation, you know, she ended up losing her job and there was some more information. And I've I've been trying to do a little bit more reading on it. And uh, pretty much what I've learned is um, when she was doing it with her. So she was in a she wasn't she was married. And she would come to work and she would tell the police officers at her job that she was in an open relationship and so all these people were just like, okay, whatever. And I, I don't know how how crafty this little short 5'11 girl is of how how truly evil she is. But, you know, able to convince six cops. And apparently, too, so there's a, there's a leaked video online. You can look it up, too. Um, just uh, just warning, it is graphic. But she, she filmed herself while she was getting plowed. And, um, yeah, you can look up one of her leaked videos. I guess she was sending these videos to coworkers and uh, – you know, obviously someone in the room didn't really say a lot, but someone witnessed it and was like, what the fuzz going on? Reported it to the captain. Captain did a little investigation. He found out she was, you know, screwing six people and she was doing it while she was on the clock. So she gets fired. And I guess they later had an interview with her husband. And uh, apparently he he had some concerns with her, too, where he uh, I guess they went over to a friend's house. He went to the restroom, came out. And found her making out with another girl on the couch. So, seems like she's just a feisty fear cat that's uh, kind of going for anything and everything. And uh, yeah, that's the that's updated information about Megan Hall, not Maddie Hall. <laughs> Holy shit, bro! <laughs> like, uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say anything. I'm married and have two kids, and it's just like. I don't know. I had a vasectomy, and I, I'm the type of person like maybe one, two rounds. Other than that, I'm done. Like I got to recharge, and just <laughs> just hearing how there's these some people that just can go around and anybody and everybody pass the the mouthwashed glass of water over and over and over. I, I don't know. Guess some people apparently into that. So, <laughs> what do you think of that, John? I'm seeing your grin. I'm just it's just a story that I honestly really know nothing about until you bring it up so i'm just uh not in the loop when it comes to to this story so i'm just hearing it for the first time and 
just sounds insane. <laughs> so I also want to say thank you to everyone that is listening to us on Spotify. We're still working on getting on other platforms. <clears throat> and if you would like to support this podcast and our show, please make sure that you hit that follow button and like it on Spotify. And then uh, if you're enjoying it so far, tell your family and friends. The more, the merrier. Um, and uh, the more people that obviously live and listen to this uh, will make us want to continue to you know, give you guys the best performance we can and, uh, hope you enjoy it so far. Also too, we have an Instagram page. The Instagram handle is clap by fire. If you listen to an episode and you would like to see some pictures about it, we do post weekly pictures on our Instagram page. So you can get on there and you can see pictures of the individuals we're talking about or the subjects we're talking about. Again, the handle is at clapped by fire on Instagram. So how's everyone's weeks going? How how's everyone doing? Everyone, anybody else got any crazy facts or stories or anything they heard? No, not really. Not offhand. Man, you not guys offhand. Are... Just it's been kind of a boring week for me. Um, when it comes to uh, you know different news. I haven't really paid attention much this week. I don't know. I've just been fighting a cold for the last damn week. Won't go away. So, <laughs> aside from that, yeah. It is a sick season. I've been, when my daughter was born, I just remember in the hospital, they're like, get your flu shot. You're going to be protecting and helping your child. You get the flu shot. And I've been sick, like, it's like every other week. You're like feeling better, and then boom, bitch slaps you right in the, or claps you right in the face again. <laughs> I like that reference. You know, and then and then you feel better again, and then, you know, just claps you right in the face right again. So, definitely feeling it for the, the people that are sick out there. I hope you get feeling better, John. I mean, Sean. Sean and John, it's so close. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're good, bro. And then also, too, we want to give Sean an award today. Um, this award goes out to Sean. And uh, what this award entails is the only way you can get this award is if your name is Sean. And uh, you have to ride motorcycles and play guitar. And uh, this word really doesn't mean anything. It just, it just, it's just for you, Sean. So shout out to Sean, his family, everybody. He's he's a beast. We love him. We're glad he's on the glad glad he's on the pod. So, John, uh, man, you. I'm you. so excited for you. I mean, I'm so excited. Thank, great job. Uh, you deserve this award. Uh, do you have any words that you can say uh, to to thank the people in? Yeah, your life? give an uh, acceptance speech. Come on. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'd first like to start off and uh, you know say it was really all me from the beginning. So, and you're welcome. I got nothing else. <laughs> yeah, not even gonna not, not even gonna thank your family uh, like uh, your parents. Well, yeah, for naming absolutely. You since, well, that's that's yeah. true. That's true. They did. I heard there was a you know discrepancy at the beginning though that wasn't originally going to be sean it was going to be something like Derek or something along those lines and i was like they made the right choice they really did yeah so. well I'm, I'm proud of you buddy keep Thanks, keep, up, keep up the great work <laughs> and john i hope you don't feel left out but you might get next week's award just so you know <laughs> I, i'm nominated oh, um, i'm in i'm in tears in the audience but you know um seeing this beautiful moment of up on stage and making that beautiful um acceptance beats just 
just makes everything so much better. <laughs> Beers are starting to dry up. Cool, cool, nice. cool. So if you guys don't have anything else, you guys want to jump in? Sure. Let's do it. Okay, I've got to start today's story off with a little bit of comedy. So if you live in Utah County, you probably have heard this, or I don't know if you're one of those people to watch it on YouTube, but have you ever heard of the Dry Comedy Bar in Provo? Been there once. So I've been there a couple of times, and pretty much what it is is you, you pretty much go in and there's a stage, and it's called the Dry Comedy Bar in Provo. And um, obviously it's Utah, so there's some crazy restrictions. They don't want you to make fun of religion politics um but they it's it's pretty much comedy they'll they'll invite someone in or, or hire someone to come in and they just stand up and do comedy so this week's episode is the guy's name is israel keys and every time i hear this guy's name this memory flashes in my brain of when i went to the comedy bar and i'm going to tell you this story so we went to the comedy bar like i said i've been a couple times just a little rewind just just a little bit pretty much you go in there's a stage um, and it's pretty small too. So they have like upstairs and downstairs and the, the room can only fit probably like 150, 200 people in there. And it's kind of nice because when it's so small, um, the comedians can get very, like, they can get very personal with, with some people. Like they can like, you know, I'll ask you to say something. They'll talk to people, make jokes about people just because it's so small. It's also kind of nice because you can order popcorn. Um, they have these really, really good, uh, scones that you can get there they're just smothered in nutella just so delicious and uh pretty much for an hour or two you, you'll just go in and you'll sit down and you'll listen to you know three or four different comedians that will come in and they'll joke and so i'm going to share a story that i heard at this comedy bar that's going to relate to today's story like i said the guy's name's israel keys he's a white guy just clarifying israel keys okay <clears throat> So we go in this comedy bar and we sit down and this uh <laughs> this uh this co this comedian gets up and he says he says I've been a baseball coach for many years of my life and I had one experience that made me quit being a baseball coach. He said after this experience I just decided to retire. And uh so I guess uh, so I guess what happened is the kids would come they'd do the baseball the baseball practice outside. And then afterwards, he would go sit in his office in the school for 40 to 50 minutes. And uh, that would allow parents to come in and kind of talk or voice concerns or kids could come in and talk about stuff. And and so one day he goes and he does this practice and then he goes into his office and he's waiting there. And this lady comes in and she says, my keys, my keys, have you seen my keys? And he's like, he's like, oh shit! Did you did you leave him in here? And he he looks under his in his drawer of his desk. He looks underneath his desks. He turns around and he looks in his little closet and he looks around and he sees this lady's face just absolutely horrified. And he's like, he's like, we can go down to Walmart and we can make you a new set for three dollars, or I can we could make you another one for three dollars. And then it just clicked into the it clicked in his head. This lady with an accent came in and said, my kids, my kids, have you seen my kids? And so what does this guy do? He looks underneath his desk. He looks in his closet. 
And then he he kindly tells her that they will go down to Walmart and make another one for three dollars. Wow. You can get anything over there now. <laughs> so apparently what had happened is the kids were supposed to wait for the mom, but they ended up, you know, going to a friend's house. The mom didn't know, so she ran in there. My kids, my kids, have you seen my kids, my kids, my kids? And uh, he felt pretty stupid after that, but he that was the last year that he, he you know, taught baseball. So every time I say Israel Keys, spelled key. K-E-Y-E-S, in my brain, I think of, my kids, my kids, have you seen my kids, my kids? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if I say his name and I just go on this little tangent, <clears throat> now you know. So, you know, he felt pretty bad, sincerely apologized to her. He went out and elder, or helped her find out where her kids ended up. They went to a friend's house. But like I said, she had a super thick accent, and she was just asking, have you seen my kids? <laughs> and it came out, and he... He thought it was the keys, the keys. So now we'll get on to our story. All right. To understand the story, we've got to go back to the beginning. So a lot of people don't know this. Israel Keys was born in Richmond, Utah, and he was a serial killer. You probably never heard of him because I uh, didn't get a lot of press. He was born on January 7th, 1978 to Heidi Keyes and John Jeffrey Keyes. He was the second of 10 children born to a large family whose parents were Mormon from the Tolerance, California area. So his parents were LDS. They moved to Utah. They had him and they ended up having 10 more kids. I grew up on a family of seven, and holy shit, I cannot imagine having ten kids. Seven kids was hard enough. Uh, you know, the new shirt you get actually just went through uh, two of your other siblings. And right. so uh, you never got, like, the nice pair of shoes or anything like that. I don't. Do you guys have similar experiences growing up in big families in Utah? I mean, I got four siblings also, so. And, yeah, it was pretty much poverty like that also. <laughs> same kind of thing for us and we had six six kids those so uh you know it was got a little older i had my own money that you know i started getting my you know getting some stuff that would kind of made my own instead of having the same style as all the other kids so he was the second of 10 children being the second oldest and uh the oldest sibling is supposed to be the example to the younger siblings and uh <laughs> good old israel was uh was not a good was not a good example to his younger siblings he total total trash and we'll find out here shortly keys and his sibling were homeschooled and taught mormon beliefs in 1983 after leaving the mormon faith keys father moved the family to a remote plot of land north of colville washington in stevens county when israel was only five years old Isolated from society, the Keys family lived in a one-room cabin located at Rocky Creek Road. Now, I want you to think about this real fast. This is pretty shitty, okay? There's ten children, so that means there's two parents. You do the math, okay? And these people lived in a one-room cabin. This cabin did not have electricity or running water. And uh, it got so crowded a lot of the times that they would have some of the kids sleep outside in tents. Imagine that for your childhood. 
you grew up in a ten, <laughs> having ten siblings, and you you know you slept however long outside in a tent because there wasn't enough damn room in the house. Can you just imagine the people that slept in the house? Can you imagine waking up and having to step over seven other people just to go outside and take a piss just to wake up to have your brother piss to you because he pissed on the corner of his tent because you didn't walk out far enough? Yeah, so like just what I was thinking, you know, it's like, hey, I got to go take a leak. I don't want to because it's raining. Or I got to, you know, you got to go to bed, go to your room. Uh, it's raining. I don't want to go through the rain to go to bed. And then you just piss your bed, and then everyone in that room has to get a nice little woof of your urine floating everywhere because you're too lazy to go outside. So very humble circumstances. Like I said, there was no electricity, no running water. And <clears throat> what do kids do when there's no technology? They, uh, they go outside and they play in the woods. So the Keys family um, decided to end up leaving Mormonism, and they joined the church called the Ark which is famous for practicing white supremacy, Christian idolatry, and uh, how to be a serial killer. Ha, <laughs> JK. The church was described to be very low-key, with little to no technology. Uh, if they could compare it to anybody, is similar to maybe like Amish community, so they did not look... Um, they didn't look highly upon like uh, electri ugh, electricity and electronics. So, uh, Weird Al, uh, when is the Ark Paradise coming out? Come on, guys. Come on. You didn't get that <laughs> reference? <laughs> You're talking about the Amish Paradise, the, the different type of song there? Yeah, the Ark Paradise, you know. We're living in uh, Washington. Oh. We're living in an Ark Paradise. Okay. <laughs> so, during this period of attending the Ark, the Keys family began began befriending the neighborhood family, the Chives, Chief Kohei, who was later convicted of a triple murder in 1996. So what is the odds of uh, two killers living right next to each other? The odds of that Apparently is like... Higher than uh, we thought. Probably, probably pretty than low. Higher we thought since it happened. So your life yeah. shit, you live super humble circumstances, and then you live next door to uh, someone that commits a triple homicide. It's freaking crazy. I can imagine his neighbor like, hey, hey, Israel, when you grow up and want to kill people, come over here and I'll teach you, I'll teach you something, okay? Come over here. Don't tell your family. <laughs> <laughs> like I was saying, with not much to do, uh, living in the middle of nowhere and no Mario Bros or Legend of Zelda to play, little keys <laughs> would be outside playing in the nearby woods and also would spend time at the library. I guess reading books was good for the brain because technology was truly evil. Ring, 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 ring. That's right. Sometimes I feel the same way. True technology these days. Let's just go back to there wasn't as much. <laughs> I should join the uh, what 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 church was it that they joined? It's called the Ark, small community. Maybe I to... should join. Maybe you should join. I, I think you do good in it, you know. Yeah, I should join. As long as I get my uh, computer, laptop, microphone, you know, for the podcast, I think we should be good. 
Yeah, and then we could actually uh, interview you just as, you know, like a co-host, but also as like a guest. Like, that'd be pretty interesting. I'll be, I'll be the guest speaker, you know, honored guest speaker. <laughs> ring, 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 ring. <clears throat> hello, these are Doris down at the library on 5th Street. Well, hello, Mr. Keys. I'm calling you to tell you that your library books are overdue. The first book on your list is The Life of Ted Bundy. Second book is Jeffrey Dahmer. Third book is John Wayne Gacy. Um, number four is How to Grow Your Micro Penis. Five, How to Kill People, Book for Dummies. <clears throat> number six was How to Fall on Your Sister's Face in the Middle of the Night. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> How to Make Bird Calls Not Sound Like You're Moaning in the Woods. <laughs> number eight, How to Brutally Kill Animals. Number nine, The Poor Life. And shame of having a micro penis. <laughs> and number ten, how to be truly evil. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Doris. I'll come back and renew them. I promise. I'm still. I'm still reading them. <laughs> well, not a lot to do. Oh my god. <laughs> Keys. Keys would play in the woods and read books. And how do you feel as a parent? Apparently, the books that he liked to check out was true crime and kill story, you know, murder stories. Now you have to ask yourself the question: Was Keys born evil, or was he made evil? Poor, humble circumstances, living in a very strict religion. Um, you know, every kid wants to rebel a little bit, but I don't think people rebel by uh, studying serial killers. Uh, I don't know, just me, but. <clears throat> Continuing on Artel. So he would read he'd read about serial killers and like I said, as a parent, his mother never questioned what he read. She was just glad that he was uh he was just reading. So Keys growing up did not have a lot of friends. He did have friends and a lot of the people that came and hung out with him would tell these stories to other people, which pretty much made him an outcast. Keys invited some friends over in the woods. They're playing in the woods, and uh, he sees a frog and just brutally, you know, beats it down with a stick and just, <laughs> you know. Uh, I think most people nowadays are just like, uh, huh, "What the fuck? What the fuck you doing, bro?" And you know, dude, I just killed a frog. Isn't that freaking sick? No, that you're fucking weird, dude. And uh, you know, then they'd go to school and be like, "Nah, dude, freaking Israel, dude, that guy, guy is, you know, freaking messed up." There's a story where his sister invited some friends over and they were playing in the woods. And uh, Israel, keys, my keys, where are my keys, my keys? He tied a, a, a cat to a tree and uh, brutally murdered the thing with a 22 revolver. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you see that? Dude, dude, you're, you're fucking weird, bro. Like, what are you, like, that's, like, you just killed your cat, dude. Oh, yo, you should have seen it. I blew his brains out. I was freaking sick. It's like, nah, nah, dude. Like, you're hella weird. So these stories were going around that he was just a weird motherfucker, okay? And uh, if, so some of his friends, too, I guess, when they would play, you would tell them, like, I'm going to come kill you. I'm going to come kill you. Keys was also known for shooting his neighbor's house with a BB gun. Who did that when they were a kid? 
Yeah. Like once or twice, maybe. <laughs> so, so just kind of going back to the beginning of that last little part is uh, you started yeah, off with, yeah, yeah, you started off with uh, the sister inviting kids to go play in the woods, and my first thought was, whatever goods, you know, what what good story ever came from, you know, that you know, starting off with going to play in the woods. Usually, you hear going to play in the woods and. Uh, know something bad's come along but still too like i i remember i've shot in bb guns you know yada 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 but uh never once did i ever tie a cat my family cat to the tree and just sit there and shoot with a 22 revolver that's uh, i think that's uh, i think that's pushing it pushing it for sure <laughs> so keys would play outside he became a loner no one wanted to be his friend because the guy's a freaking creep he's telling people he wants to kill him um He's brutally torturing and killing animals. He's he's laughing. I can just imagine this like super evil villain laugh of just <laughs> that's probably a horrible one, but we'll let's just say that's Israel Keys. My keys, my keys. Let's just say that's his laugh. So <clears throat> growing up and not having anything, Keys as a teenager became quite the carpenter. And with this, probably the only thing he ever <laughs> he ever became good at. At 16, he started making his family wooden cabinets and some furniture around their house to make uh, living a little bit more easier. Uh, this happened between 1995 to 1997. And you have to understand, Keys kept checking out library books, and so, he, <coughs> you know, not returning them. So, ring, 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 ring. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Keys. <laughs> This is Doris down at the library on 5th Avenue. You still have not returned your books and they passed due. You have a $2.13 fine, Mr. Keys. God damn it, Doris! I'm still reading these great books! I love looking at the pictures! M Mr. Keys, the last few books you have returned, the pages have been sticking together. And I, I have horrific odors coming from the books. Doris! Leave me alone! Stop bothering me! God damn it! Okay, Mr. Keys, I'll give you... I'll renew your books for two more weeks. Click. <laughs> uh, I already don't like Doris. So needy. I don't know about you guys. Okay, a little quick story. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but uh, I don't know what it is. Whenever you check out a library book, boom, you return it on time. My kids, like, we try to read them books before we go to bed, and you check out their library books, and you just automatically lose it. You can't find it. You just forget about it. And then, yeah, you're getting those stupid little, you know, $0.75, cent, $80, or not $80, $0.80 cent fines because you're not returning these dang books, and then you find them at the bottom of the laundry basket. Kid didn't want to listen to us. He went and hit us somewhere. <laughs> Dude, I swear my kids were just eating their, their library books, man. We couldn't find them anywhere, like... <laughs> I I've paid more money in books that are imaginary than than anything else, dude. Like, never seen the books, but yeah. It hasn't been like you know we got something. Um, library, when's it? Where's it at? I don't know. I I can look for it. Keys confronted his parents after you know getting older, late teenage age. Keys confronted his parents and told them that he was an atheist and he did not believe in God. 
At a young age, he kept a personal journal, and in that journal, he talked all about lusting after women and how it was evil and sinful. And uh, that's why he checked out those library books about the micropenis, because he wasn't sure, you know, what was going on there. So he tried to educate himself, and uh, apparently it didn't work. <laughs> His knowledge parents... is power, man. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power for sure. <laughs> His parents did not take, uh, you know, him coming without, out as an atheist as well. They banned keys from their home and told all of his family to not speak of him, to shun him. Yo, total win for Jesus lovers. Woohoo! <laughs> you don't believe? Well, get your ass out of here. You're not a, you're not our son, and we hate you. Goodbye. Fish pushed keys to Satanism and wanted to read and learn more about the <laughs> the devil king of lies and trickery of evil. <laughs> So he gets banished from his home. In the summer of 1997 or 1998, sources, you know, different sources that I was, that I was saying said either 1997 or 1998, Keyes committed his first sexual assault on a teenage girl that he had seen tubing down a river. <clears throat> like a sheltered Christian boy, see some boobies and Duck Dynasty shorts, and I was like, fuck you! <laughs> this is not any of the books I read. And my parents say, this is truly evil. <laughs> and apparently Doris at this time, uh, she, she sent a message to uh, Key's family that um, there was a weight loss book about how to, how to make your butt tighter. And that was the book that they had to completely replace because none of the pages would open up. <laughs> <laughs> So seeing this in real life, he went a little crazy. Um, said Key stalked this girl. <clears throat> Key, uh, when he saw this girl tubing down this river, he stalked her uh, in the trees of the wood for a few hours. And then apparently when she got out of the water, he held a knife to her throat, dragged her out in the, wo the woods, and brutally raped her at knife point. Also sources say, like I said, had to check multiple sources for this. Um... She was between 14 to 16 years old. So real fast, there was never a conf really a confession from Israel Keys. He, when he got caught, he did tell police some things. But a lot of this information is almost lost to history, or they were told a story, and you know they kind of have to say, well, this could happen or this couldn't happen. But there, you know, there's just uh, he didn't really confess. He said he did things. He he. So the story, some of it is lost to history. <clears throat> On July 9th, 1988, Keyes enlisted in the United States Army. He gets banished from his family, becomes out as an atheist. There's nothing else to do. He did have some carpeting, carpeting skills. And so just like uh, all the other serial killers that we have covered on this podcast, what does he do? He joins the Army. He served as a specialist in Alpha Company 1st Battalion 5th Infantry Regiment. He passed a rigorous month-long preliminary course for United States Army Rangers training. So, Keys at this time, he learns how to go, you know, he, he grew up living in the woods. He knows how to now survive in the woods. He learned a lot of the stuff from the Army about, you know, like camouflaging yourself, being able to shoot weapons, and... Uh, the FBI believe that uh, this is where he learned to uh, get so good at what he ended up doing. 
<clears throat> Why in the army? He got stationed in Egypt. Keys uh, made some friends in the army, and some of those friends interviewed after he got out said he was a cool guy, but he was kind of weird. He'd get pissed at you and say, I'm going to kill you, but, uh, you know, obviously he didn't kill anybody in the army. So he did say some things that, you know, after later finding out what happened, maybe, you know, made some people wonder, but other than that, he did he did good in the army. Um, he started drinking very heavily in the army, going to parties, getting drunk. And uh, apparently this guy would just down bottle after bottle after bottle. Very heavy drinker. Why he was also in the army, he became a big fan of Insane Clown Posse. Does anybody know that band? Uh, no, not the dreaded ICP. <laughs> so I, I don't know them. I always I've... wondered what a juggalo was. Just... <laughs> the only song that I've ever heard from Insane Clown Posse is the one that's like, my ex is my Bundy. Da, da, da. And I remember I listened to that and I was like, the fuck? And I turned it right off. But uh, I'm assuming by the grin on both of your faces, uh, what, 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 tell us a little bit about Insane uh, Clown Posse, if you guys don't mind. <laughs> Man, all I remember about ICP is that they were huge back in high school. Like, everybody would wear, have, like, the Hatchet Running Man tattooed on them and it was all over their T-shirts. It was their, like, little logo at the time. And, uh, you know, watching the music videos with all their clown faces painted on them while they rapped and stuff, I mean... I personally never really got super into them, but, uh, you know, they had a couple of hits that were not half bad. So, Actually, I, I have, like, think two other scenes from way back in the day. I said, uh, I always wonder what a juggalo was, and there was a song that actually told me what they were. That's right. You know? So uh, does somebody want to tell us about maybe the genre? What is Insane, Clown, Insane and Clown Posse? What are, their, what are their lyrics? What are their songs about? What are they... What is like their general message, if one of you don't mind sharing? They right offhand, I'm thinking, you know, what is a juggalo? And it goes like, uh, it's a juggalo. Let me think for a second. Oh, he gets butt naked. Then he walks to the street, swinking at freaks with a two liter stuck in his butt cheeks. Oh, that kind of thing. Just kind of off the wall, you know, fuck everybody, you know. I don't know. My favorite was the uh, oh, what it is the dating show game. That was a uh, that was a funny song too. But I can't remember how it all goes. You know. So uh, just 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 for someone that doesn't know, they they kind of sing about uh, like murder. You know, new. You know, just sex nudity. You know, just kind of just kind of like random stuff. You know, but they were they were big hit. I know they toured with Limp Biscuit, <clears throat> and. Uh, like I said, not my era. I have rocked out to Limp Biscuit, but just not my era. So <laughs> we'll continue on my story. So like I said, <clears throat> became a big fan of Insane Clown Posse. In February, in February of 2001, Keys was arrested for driving under the influence. Um, and he persisted and got into a plea agreement where he was fined 350 bucks and... Uh, <clears throat> they decided to honorably discharge him from the army. So I don't know how you get honorably discharged for uh, pretty much getting a DUI. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of some weird information doing some research on. Keys, like I said, when he was in the army, he learned how to do a lot of stuff. And, uh, 
maybe a lot of this information that he learned fueled him to later go on and commit these murders. We all know that he's fat, you know, fat, having these little little side dreams about killing people. And, you know, like I said, he was brutally murdering and killing animals. And, uh, you know, you get in the army and none of the resources said that he killed anybody in the army, but he learned how to use um, guns, rifles, machine guns, and all that stuff. And was able to pass these really, really hard trainings of going out and just surviving out in the wilderness. And so he gets discharged from the army. <clears throat> Keys would start planning on killing people using his army training and to avoid getting caught would go somewhere and bury a murder bag which included weapons, duct tape, change of clothes, everything you need in order to carry out the deed and then to hurry and bury the murder kit again and you know leave, fly somewhere else or get in a rental car and leave so Israel Keys is famous for how patient was this guy? He would say, I'm going to commit five murders. I'm going to commit a murder in New York. I'm going to commit one in Texas. And I'm going to commit one in New Jersey. He would go to these places. He'd go bury a murder kit, a bag of everything that he would need to go do it. And a lot of these murder bags, uh, the police and the FBI said that some of these that he would plan out two years in advance. Oh. <clears throat> Something else about Mr. Keys is Keys did not like using guns. He thought they were too messy. His choice of killing was strang strangulation. He liked to watch the life leave your eyes as he crunched his dirty fingers, his dirty overdraft and library fingers around your neck before he'd kill you. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, man, but, like, I think I've heard that, you know, multiple other murderers have uh, also gotten, like, little murder bags, you know what I mean? Like, they go off and they stash them somewhere and then when they're ready to do their opportunity of killing or whatnot, they, they go grab it and and then restash it again later. Maybe he uh, picked up that from one of the books that he read from the library, from Doris, or, you know. <laughs> Quite possibly, he was very well educated on all, like, the big famous serial killers. He did tell his friends that they could quiz him. And he could tell them anything they wanted to know about any killers. So maybe it was the information that he read and also the army training. But he was very well at planning things out. He'd always he'd always set up a plan A, B, and C. Um, the guy the guy was I'm not gonna say, but he he was good at what he did. The FBI believes that Ke that Keys killed several children or teenagers and children. He's too believed to have committed his first murder as a teenager between 1996 and 1997. Again, you also have to understand, like I said earlier, he did not confess. He Well, he did confess, but he didn't really confess. And we're going to get get to it more at the end of the story. But he, he gave the police a lot of clues. And a lot of the clues that they he gave the police, they're able to speculate. Because they can look at, like, okay, in New York, we've got 250 missing people. Um... And so, you know, they, they kind of broke it out. So a lot of this information is, is you know, it's kind of interesting. It's pretty much police work. He's too believed to have committed his first murder. He believed to have killed a teenager between 1996 and 1997 and around Colaville. Julie Harris, 12-year-old Special Olympic medalist, is skiing, disappeared in 1996. Her remains were found uh, a year later in the wooded area a few miles away. Casey Emerson, another girl from Coville area, was reported missing after her mother's remains 
were discovered in their burned-out trailer home in June of 1997. <coughs> Sorry. Cassie's remains were found in 1998, about 13 miles away from their home. There's no arrest in either case. Keys did not to admit to killing either girl, but he did admit that his first act of arson was in a trailer. So, the little town that he's from, you know, 13 miles away from where he lived and just in the general county of where he lived, these people went missing and they found their bodies. So, they can only speculate that he was the one that was doing these murders. And like I said, at the end of that, he admitted that his very first kill happened in a trailer and that was the only information that he gave. Keyes was the type of guy that he was well-educated based on what he learned and all the books that he read. So, you know, like, you can't just give information or else they're just going to catch you and they're going to give you the death penalty. So it's almost like he wanted to admit at the end, but then he knew that if he admitted that he was going to get charged for all these crimes and that he was, you know, yada, yada, yada. So he gave, like, like I was saying, he told police little detail and they were able to just kind of put that piece of the puzzle and already the bigger puzzle that wasn't already solved. <clears throat> Keys did not admit to any murders during his three years in the United States Army, but did admit to uh, twice attempting to rape a woman, once a prostitute while he was stationed in Egypt, and another time a college student that <clears throat> Israel had met. He believed he had resumed his killing spree in 2001 following this discharge. Ring, ring. Click. This is Israel Keys. I can help you. Hello, we're ca we're calling. <laughs> God damn it, I fucked it up. I started laughing. <laughs> we're calling to tell you about your car's extended warranty. Click. Ring, ring. Hello, it's the one's bathing suit company. How can I help you? Click. God damn it. I grew up just thinking this phone was pure evil, and it is truly evil. <laughs> Keyes admitted to investigating that he killed four people in Washington state. So the police and the FBI don't know anything. They just have, you know, have his words <clears throat> and the cases of people disappearing um, between 2001 and 2007. He was one of the main suspects of a crime in 2007 near Boca, Florida. Then again, he was not on the radio radar. So after he was caught is when they connect the puzzle piece and he became one of the main suspects. The murder of Randy Gordelberger, abducted at a shopping mall, body found later in a different location in Martz. A mother and her daughter went kidnapping from a mall. He later let them go after using them to take money from a teller machine. They later were able to tell the police the man was tall, had long hair, was wearing sunglasses, and matched Key's description. Keys was like a taller guy. You know, he's got like dirty blonde hair. And whenever, whenever he would kill or robbed, he'd always wear these sunglasses and like a bandana around his face i was like his signature of "Ooh, i'm the bad guy <clears throat> keys out of nowhere just randomly purchased 10 acres in new york um with a small cabin on it and told police that he had committed murders and bank robberies in new york okay so i reading my notes here i totally skipped a part after getting out of the army he goes back to washington and he starts a construction business and doing contracting and stuff. And that, you know, if you know the tale of John Wayne Gacy, that's exactly what he did. He would, you know, building houses and stuff like that. So that that's how he's getting his money and able to purchase this stuff. So his team would go build houses and do 
and do uh, like, you know, some construction or, you know, stuff like that. And that's how he was able to get his money to buy this stuff. So he had his own business. It was called <clears throat> Keys Excavation or something. Sorry, I, I, I just remembered that I totally skipped over my notes. So you get talking and then I'm looking over here at my, my co-host and they're just making funny faces at me and <laughs> totally skipped over that. So that's that's what he does. He has his business. He takes his, you know, tells his team I'm going to go on vacation, goes and commits these murders. Like I said, he was a loner, didn't have any friends. And so, you know, he's just alone doing his own thing. There's not really anybody to say, yeah, I was with Keys and that's what he did. No one knew where he went. He didn't tell anybody. He lived a very private life. <clears throat> so he goes to Florida, starts robbing, robbing people's houses for money, um, tells police that he killed people in Florida. The first set of murders that Keyes confessed to was in New Jersey in June 8 of 2011. Keyes admitted to breaking into Bill and Lorian Curry's home, kidnap or er, Courier's home, kidnapping them and taking them to an abandoned farmhouse where she where he shot Bill in the head and sexually assaulted Lorena before strangling her and killing her. Their bodies to this day have never been found. Two years earlier, Keyes admitted that he had traveled <clears throat> traveled to a mapped out area and had buried a murder kit, planning to come back and use it that day. So he did confess to this murder of the Bill and Rihanna in New Jersey, and he admitted that he had uh, before had gone and buried his murder bag two years prior, then came back and uh, did those murders. Key's last victim was 18-year-old Samantha Coing. She worked as a, a at a coffee booth in Alaska. Keys kidnapped her on February 1, 2012. Took her debit card and other pro or another properties. Took her to a just an abandoned shed somewhere. Sexually assaulted her and then killed her. Meanwhile, while this was happening, Keys is like kind of rebuilding the relationship with his family again. Uh, he's kind of been talking to his parents a little bit, telling them like, hey, you guys disowned me. I went and served in the army. Um, I have my own business. And I maybe start believing in God again. So his parents will start letting him back in his life. He goes and murders this 18-year-old girl in Alaska. And then he pays for a trip for him and his parents to go to a cruise, go on a cruise in Mexico. So he went and killed Samantha, left her body in the shed. And then just goes on a cruise like nothing ever happened, telling his mommy and daddy of, Oh, I love Jesus and the ark is true. It's the only true church. I promise you, mama. <clears throat> Back to talking with his family again, huh? After they tried to shun him for a long time. Yep. And then after uh, getting home from his cruise, he then goes back to where Samantha's body was. And he sewed her eyeballs open with fit or clear fishing line <coughs> took a picture of her and sent it into the press where he was demanding thirty thousand uh, dollars ransom to set her free and that she was still alive when the police investigators saw this they could just tell by the picture it's is actually extremely sad if you look up uh samantha um if you look her up on google you can find her picture where it just looks off you know when you like look at someone and open your eyes and just stare at them? Like it doesn't look natural. A lot of people that knew her looked at this picture and knew that something was off. So he killed her, um, went on his cruise, came back, sewed her eyes open, and then sent a, sent a picture saying that he wanted $30,000 and he would let her go. 
He later dismembered her body and uh, went and dumped her in the Matansuka Lake north of Anchored, Alaska. <clears throat> right after doing this, Keyes was very, very smart. He wanted to avoid heat, so he gets on a plane, boom, flies down to Texas. He did not have a victim profile at this time and was at this point never had the police on his tail. So he was very, very smart at what he did. He'd kill, he'd fly somewhere, kill, you know, fly somewhere, kill. Um, after he was caught, they were able to find some fake names that he was using and find out that he would rent cars and drive cars, you know, 800 miles and then drop them off. And then he would fly somewhere else and pick up another car and then drive it, you know, five or 600 miles. They're able to find a lot of this information out after he was caught. So after murdering Samantha, Keys goes down to terror, uh, to Texas. He's in need of money, so he starts robbing empty houses. Um, police speculate this time that he robbed anywhere from 20 or 30 houses. There was a lot of people reporting burglaries, personal items stolen. Um, I'm assuming he just went and pawned it off at pawn shops, just try to get some quick cash. <clears throat> There's a video of uh, like a house camera that catches uh, Keys robbing this place. You don't get a, a clear picture of his face, but he's wearing a white hard hat. So maybe, you know, doing construction and carpety and doing all that stuff that he took one of his hard hats with him and used it to commit a crime. That's going to come back and haunt him later. <clears throat> On this camera where they were able to capture his white or the the white hard hat. Police were able to get a description of his car. Keys then went and stayed at a hotel where a police officer came by, you know, running the license plates and found a car that had matched the description of these home or one of these homes that had been robbed. So this police starts following Key. Keys takes off. The police starts following him. He goes five over the speed limit. Cop pulls him over. When the cop comes up to him, uh, Keys is acting very suspicious. So, police officer wants to search his car. When he searches his car, he finds Samantha's debit card. And that will be a big bust. Keys gets er arrested and sent back to, extradited back to Alaska. So, two things that caught him as a suspect is he has a murdered person's debit card and he has a white hard hat in the back of his car. So, this guy was out robbing to try to get money. He was also... <clears throat> you know, had a, had a, a murdered suspect's debit card on him, and that's that's pretty much what put the nail in the coffin for him. And uh, when he's in jail, he starts telling he starts talking to police a little bit. He says, "I've committed two murders here. I committed, you know, four murders in New York. I killed I killed these two people in New Jersey. The only two murders that he ever admitted to was Samantha's and Lorena's and Bill's. Lorena and Bill were the one that lived in New Jersey." Kidnapped him, took him out to a barn, shot Bill in the head, sexually assaulted uh, Lorena, then strangled her and killed her. And then Samantha with a ransom note. Um, it was the only two murders that he killed from, but he did tell police that I killed, you know, four people in Washington, one person in Alaska. He kind of just gave him a bunch of this, this information, but did not tell names or locations. He just said how many he'd killed and in which state. So this big investigation starts going on where peace can start, or police can start uh, putting this, this profile together, and they're trying to find all this evidence that they can convict him in court. So they start looking at uh, missing persons. They start looking at age, gave, or, you know, age range. And the thing that uh, 
made Keyes not discoverable is he didn't have a profile. He did not choose somebody because of age, race, sexuality. Um, he was just a low-life piece of shit that just wanted to kill, and so he always just looked for the opportunity. It was the easiest. Um, how to snatch people where they're, you know, the outskirts of town where there wasn't a lot of police, cameras, things like that. So he told police, he just said, I killed, you know, <clears throat> these people here, didn't give names, yada, yada, yada. So he's in jail and he's awaiting trial. And uh, they come in and they tell him, they say, Mr. Keys, you've got a phone call. So, uh, you know, Key's hearts just starts pumping. Do, 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 do. Ah, oh, shit. Who could it be? Who could it be? Who's, who's calling this guy in jail? So he goes and he picks up that phone. Mr. Keys? You know who I am. This is Doris on Fifth Avenue down at your local library. And I just wanted to call in to you that you have accumulated the biggest library fine that has ever been seen at this library. Your library books are 47 months overdue. And you have accumulated a $400 library fine. And I know you're in jail, Mr. Keys. And I'm going to come rip you a new asshole! <laughs> Oh, Doris. <laughs> Keys being so scared, went back to a cell, boom, kills himself. <laughs> nah, that's not what happened. That's why. Because of Doris. Gotcha. That's not what happened, JK. <laughs> so when he's, Doris you know. that pretty scary right there. Jesus, don't fuck with Doris, man. I was horrified. <laughs> so. <laughs> And so, uh, okay, so when he's in jail, he starts confessing, and he has, you know, police pretty much telling him, like, you're going to get the death penalty. You're going to get the death penalty. And, um, you know, he starts freaking out like he doesn't want to die. You know, you can go around and you can kill people, and that's totally fine. But once your own life is on the line, then you start getting, you know, nervous and scared and yada, yada, yada. Apparently, the jail that he was in, they gave him razors to shave their face. Mr. Keys climbed underneath his bed, slit one of his wrists, and with his own blood, he drew 11 skulls on the bottom of his bed. You can get on Google Images and you can look up this image. Uh, looks like a child drew it. But it is 11 skulls, and then after that, he cut his other wrist, started cutting himself, and ended up hanging and killing himself with a bed sheet. So he commits suicide while he's awaiting trial. There's no justice served to Mr. Keys. Thank God this piece of shit took himself out. So please come in and find him dead. Uh, found that he did kill himself. They flipped the bed over. And uh, there's 11 skulls drawn on the bottom of this bed. So now police can do even you know more of an investigation. They can say, okay... These are his trophies. This is what he, you know, was proud of. So there's, they know that, you know, 11 people. We know that one of those people was Samantha. One of those people was Bill. And one of those people was Lorena. 
So the question is, you know, did he only kill 11 people or did he kill more people than that? There was never a confession from him. Like I said, he just admitted to uh, these three murders. But other than that, he told the police states, um, told them he'd buried uh, murder bags. And uh, a lot of this information is just kind of lost to history. We will, I don't know if we'll ever find out and know the truth. Um, police, like, you know, shout out to our people in blue. But uh, sometimes they do bad police work and sometimes they do good police work. And, and uh, it, it might even be possible finding out who all 11 of his so uh, victims are. But uh, police and a lot of experts have studied his case, and they believe that those 11 skulls were like his trophies, his uh, of like what he was proud of. And uh, they believe that he, he killed 11 people. And uh, Israel, keys, my keys, my keys, has been clapped. So how was he? How old was he at the end? Um, let me get on Google, Sean. Gosh, dang it, dude. <laughs> Sorry, bud. He was born in the 70s, about 70. <clears throat> he died at 34 years old in 2012. He was born in 1978 and died in 2012. He was 34 years old. Crazy. And I uh, just want to shout out Porter for giving us uh, this topic. Um, he's the guy that told me about him. And, uh, you know, I started looking this dude up and was like, duh, fuh. But, uh, yeah, if you, get on, um, if you get on Google, you can look up his drawing of the 11 skulls that he'd done. And something else, too, these 11 skulls, he, he drew, like, upside-down crosses on them. He drew, like, some satanic shit. And uh, if you look at him, you know, he, he, he kind of just looks like a, like a goofy dude. Uh, like I said, he's like a dirty blonde, but then, you know, his hair, I guess, as he got older, got more darker and darker. But he, he's got like this like kind of longish curly hair, you know, his chin. He didn't really have like a chin. Chin's like stuck back in his throat. But uh, I don't know, just uh, just like a typical looking dude. Doesn't look too scary, but uh. It's just interesting because, you know, like I said, he was born in Utah. And whenever you think of serial killers in Utah, you think of Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was not born in Utah. He came to Utah. Israel, my keys, my keys, my keys, was born in Utah and then moved away when he was only five years old. Thank God. <clears throat> so what do you guys think? Pretty good one, man. It's interesting. It's funny. It's, it's kind of like crazy. He would plan stuff out. My nose is low key, like. Like, like I'm just like talking and I can feel my nose like getting congested. So there was like a couple times there I had to like turn and like cough or like clear my throat. So I apologize for that. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, man. I grew up like 20 minutes away from freaking Richmond, dude, and like never heard of this dude. So kind of crazy. Dang. What'd you, what'd you guys think of Doris? <laughs> uh, hopefully we hear more from Doris, man. That was pretty funny. <laughs> I just know that uh, Doris scared the crap out of me. It's, uh, towards the end of the call, it seems like she got a little bit demonic, and uh, I don't think I ever want to cross Doris ever. So I, when I try to do her voice, like I kind of have to, like you know, bat the back of my throat. But when I get like like an angry Doris, <laughs> I, I can't do it unless like my own voice comes out. <laughs> I will be paying my library fines. That's all I'm saying. So. <laughs> 
For sure, for sure. So uh, thanks again for listening. Like I said, if you want to support us, make sure to hit that follow button. Check us out on Instagram. Where we'll be posting a picture of Mr. Israel. Kiss, my kiss, my kiss. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for hopping in.